Welcome, Chit Chat Crime members. It's Glamorous Mary here. We have another episode for you. Yes, y'all, today. But um, obviously, we don't actually talk about light, soft, happy subjects, do we? We talk about tragic, sad events, at least for now, most of the time. I might try to throw in like in between episodes of different stuff, but I'm not sure yet. But for now, sad, sad, true, true crime topics all around. Today we are going to be discussing the tragic case of Missy Avila. Now, Missy, her real name was actually Michelle Wyatt. I think that's how you say it. Um, I'm not sure, but her middle name is spelled Y-V-E-T-T-E. So, Michelle Avila, who everybody known as Missy, she just went by Missy, and I don't think anybody really called her Michelle, not her mom, her brothers, her friends, her teachers. I'm pretty sure everyone called her Missy. So, I guess, out of respect, that's what I will be calling Michelle for the duration of this episode, and probably if I ever discuss her, you know, to, with my boyfriend or whoever, I'll probably just call her Missy in real life too, because that's what she wanted to be, um, referred to her name as, so, yes. Missy was born 1968 on February 8th, and her life was tragically just snuffed out by two people with evil intentions and intent toward her due to being jealous. So she was murdered. 1985, October 2nd. Missy grew up in Arletta, Los Angeles, in the San Fernando area, or San Fernando Valley, I guess. So, yeah, that's where she grew up, was raised by her mom, and she lived with her dad at this time when she was a young girl her mom and her dad did end up getting a a divorce when she was a teenager but her early childhood she had her family as a whole she had her mom her dad and three awesome brothers now when missy was about eight years old her family kind of uprooted to a new neighborhood, as the story goes, and Missy found her new best friend on her new street. Apparently, she was searching for her cat and knocked on a young girl's door named Karen, who lived close by, and Karen happened to be Missy's age, and Missy asked if, you know, she's seen her cat anywhere, 
and Karen offered to help Missy find her cat. So this is how their friendship began, and the girls got along for the most part. You know, they were rather different appearance-wise. Karen was taller and, you know, a little more stocky, and Missy was petite and, you know, kind of like small, a small girl. She, you know, was definitely, compared to Karen, she was more elegant, I guess, looking. She definitely looked more delicate. Growing up, the girls, you know, had different attention from boys, you know. Missy would always get more attention from people in positive ways. Karen grew up as more of a bully to mask her pain of not fitting in as well as some of the other kids because she says in later interviews that her home life was great, so that's not why she was really a bully in school, because she was that type of kid to go up and knock your papers out of your hand or push you into a locker, just a really annoying kid, you know? So the first day, Missy meets Karen and brings her over to meet her mom, you know, just brings her right over to her house. You know how kids are, they're about eight. So Missy's mom meets Karen and Karen makes up some lie. Well, she fi she finds out later that it's a lie. Karen is actually adopted. First of all, let's just get that out of the way. Karen was adopted as a young little baby and she didn't know she was adopted for a while, but I think by age eight she knew. So she told Missy and her mom, like, my mom and dad are separated, so I have two families, and um, I think she even said she had siblings. So when Missy's mom met Karen's mom, she realized that Karen was, you know, lying, that Karen had her mom and her dad, and she was the only child. Missy's mom was actually concerned about this lie enough to bring it up to Karen's mom, and Karen's mom just said that's just Karen's way of coping with having no siblings. Sometimes she makes up stories about having siblings. It's just pretend, you know, young kids pretending. So Missy's mom brushed that off, but this was... <laughs> Her first sign that something wasn't all together with Karen, even at that young age, she had a weird kind of like feeling like this is weird enough to bring it up to Karen's mom. And I think we all know where this is going with Karen and Missy, considering I'm talking about Karen so much as well. But we will just glaze over the obvious and keep going. So, there's some super cute pictures of the girls when they were just young, you know, when they first met, and I don't know, you can tell they have that innocent friendship, you know, there's nothing 
really malicious at that point. But there was always that little bit of jealousy because one of them was like the cuter friend. She, uh, Misty got more attention. She was just the prettier one in Karen's eyes especially. But when Karen would complain about it to Missy, Missy would always be like, stop, like you're perfect the way you are, you know, Missy didn't like Karen comparing her to her, she's like, she didn't like it, you know, she didn't want to be compared to her best friend. Karen couldn't help but compare, she felt inferior looks-wise to Missy. Now, Karen kind of became Missy's bodyguard in Karen's own words. She would fight Missy's battles. Literally, if there was, you know, a girl who was being nasty, Karen would come in and intimidate, maybe push, maybe get a little bit physical if she had to. And she would even chase boys away who were invading their territory, telling Missy, like, that guy wasn't good enough for you, or that boy. And, you know, Missy would just accept this, like, oh, what a great friend looking out for me. But really, Karen just wanted Missy all to herself. She was jealous of Missy. She was also jealous of Missy having other friends. Just anything good in Missy's life, she was pretty much pretty much jealous of. <laughs> and I can tell you, when I was 16, I had a friend who was jealous of me. Um, I, I had a couple, but... And it was funny, because they were, like, really good friends, too. My two friends that were kind of jealous of me. And I didn't see it coming, you know. It kind of smacked me in the face sideways when they're like, we're, you know, I'm a little bit jealous of you. The one girl told me because, well, when she first met me through her friend, she was like, I didn't like you at first because you were pretty. And I was like floored, you know, because I thought she was pretty too. So in my eyes, I just didn't get why she was hating on me. And then she said when she realized I was nice, she liked me, you know, she wanted to hang out with me. But one time I asked her to give me a trim, and the bitch cut off, like, two feet of my hair. So, that's pretty good sign someone's jealous of you if they're just gonna hack your hair, you know what I mean? She tried to, you know, I had this really nice brown, like, it was like a dark brown dyed hair with, like, a red underneath, because I had used henna. I tried to dye my hair red with henna, but it turned out orange. Henna is like this organic, natural hair coloring. So that you get at like the health store, the organic place. So after it turned out like that, I went to a real hairdresser. And um, it was actually one of those hairdressers where you pay less money because there's students there. And I got them to put a dark brown over top. They offered to do it. It was like a really, really dark brown, you know, and it just turned out really lovely. And she kept telling me to like color my hair blonde like her. And I really didn't want to, 
I liked the difference. I liked having, like, there was one of us who was blonde and one of us with dark hair. I thought it was cool. But anyways, I'm so, I'm still pissed off myself because I ended up listening to her and bleaching my hair. And oh, after that, it was just like a downhill spiral for a bit with my hair. But that's what happens when you have friends that are jealous of you. They're kind of just toxic and... Um, sometimes they do try to ruin you and especially looks wise, like, you know how girls be jealous girls be, you know, they're just, they want to tear down your looks mostly. Like they don't want you to look good, especially they don't want you to look better than them. But like I said, in my eyes, this girl was equally as beautiful. You know, we were just different, but I was flattered by you know, the fact that she was jealous of me, like, okay, bitch, keep going. <laughs> so, all this, like, boy attention Missy was getting really made Karen want to land a boyfriend, and when she started getting attention from this one kid, she could not, um, resist, and I think it's a little early to be getting down and dirty, but she was pregnant at only 14 years old, so Karen dropped out of their, like, high school that her and Missy were attending, and, you know, she was already a bit of an outcast. People didn't like her the way they liked Missy. People would just, the kids would gravitate to Missy, her good energy, her, you know, good looks, whatever, um, now seeing pictures of Missy, yes, she's a beautiful girl, but to me, she just seems like, you know, your normal, pretty high school girl. I didn't, um, I didn't get why people were so jealous of her, but, you know, any pretty girl is gonna get that, even if it's like, and a kid, like, she still looked like a teenager, like, just like a kid. You know how the 80s, they didn't, like, try to look all grown, usually, you know? It's not like today where teeny boppers are trying to be, like, 25. They actually pretty much look their age back then, and I don't know, just when I look at her, I just see, like, a kid, you know, and I just don't get what all the hype is about with her looks. Like, she's a beautiful girl, but, like, she's just a girl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but she's always talked about as, you know, she is gorgeous and everything. Like, she's very beautiful, but I just don't see what her friends were thinking, um, thinking that she was just so above them, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were all just regular girls. But Missy obviously was above them because of what these girls end up doing. Now, like I said, I'm not trying to put down Missy's looks, but I just look at her, you know, in her 17-year-old photo photos and it's like I just see her going through her awkward teenage stage you know she didn't really get to blossom into her full 
you know, womanly, beautiful self, yet she was still um, a kid. You know what I mean? And she would have just got more and more, you know, attractive, I believe. Like, she was getting prettier by the day, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So, and her friends saw that, too. And the guys, there must have been something magnetic about her personality because the boys were, like, crazy over her, apparently. So, um, yeah, we're going to get into that a lot. (laughs) Her looks and jealousy and all that stuff. So, like I said, Karen dropped out, and she was determined to have this baby, and she ended up having a precious little girl who her parents ended up taking care of a lot of the time because she was only, like, 14, 15 when she had her little girl, so she's still a kid, and it overwhelmed Karen how much attention a baby needed. You know, needs. Babies need so much attention, um, commitment, love, affection. Literally, if you try to do anything, the baby will wake up and start crying pretty much. So, (laughs) um, I know at 24, it was like two days before I turned 24 that I gave birth to my daughter and... Oof, even at that age, I was like, I mean, 23, 24 is still young, but I couldn't imagine 14, 15, and looking back at the difference between my maturity levels, yeah, so Karen, of course, was, I'm sure her adoptive mom saw this coming, that's (laughs) when Karen was pregnant, like, oh, great, I'm gonna be the one, I'm gonna be the one looking after this kid, you know, So, I'm sure the parents already saw that one coming. Karen would always go to Missy's place. Missy's mom was so nice that Missy's friends would rather go hang out at Missy's house, you know. Um, So, whenever things got a bit too much for Karen, she would run over there and hang out. And Missy's mom pretty much welcomed her in as another daughter. Karen was treated as part of their family, the Avila's family. They definitely were always so kind and welcoming and just generous with their their home, their food. You know, Karen was part of their family pretty much. And like I said, these girls knew each other since they were like eight years old. So it's quite a while at this point, um, almost eight years of the girls being friends. Karen, when she did have the baby, Missy tried to tell her to go back, to come back to their high school, but Karen was too embarrassed. She was already getting picked on before she had the baby. And now that she was known as that girl who dropped out to have a baby at only 14 years old, she knew that the kids would probably be nasty. So she went to this kind of like an outreach program where kids can can graduate with the bare minimums, kind of like 
a GED. Um, so, Missy excelled at high school, you know, she would get good grades, she was doing, she was like on an honor roll thing, I'm pretty sure, she was just a very smart girl. Around the time when Karen started going to the outreach program, Missy's parents had announced that they were getting a divorce. This really affected Missy, and she took it out kind of with her schooling. She decided to drop out of her high school as well and attend the outreach program thing with um, Karen. I call it outreach, but it could have been like called mission or something. It was called like mission or outreach. It was, you know, one of those, and I had one right by my high school. In the small town I went to, I went to a couple different high schools, but the one I went to in this small town, there was like this outreach program place where a lot of the kind of like potheads, <laughs> they would go there. So, um, I don't know. There was just certain kids who wouldn't be able or didn't want to attend regular high school so they would go there do the bare minimum and then graduate so i'm definitely familiar with those type of things i think missy's their i think theirs was called like mission high or something i'm not a hundred percent sure don't quote me on that missy avila and karen severson meet a girl laura Laura Dolly. So, Laura was attending this outreach mission place as well. Some sources say she was a year older than the girls. Some people say she was in the same grade. I tend to think she was a year older and people get confused because this type of program place... I think they just mix the high school grades together, you know? Everyone's just kind of in one classroom trying to graduate. So they met this girl, Laura, and it became kind of like the three musketeers. Now they were like three best friends. Back in the other high school, when Karen was attending there with Missy, she spread a rumor about Missy to the other girls that Missy slept around or something, and so she would try to make other kids not like Missy when she would be getting popular and be getting other friends, and it would always be like a slut type of rumor, like slut shaming, and so it was no different at this new school when some of the other girls liked Missy, Karen spread a rumor that Missy was kissing their boyfriends and these girls jumped Missy, slapped her around a little bit and said they could thank Karen for her like beating. So Missy asked Karen and Karen lied and said, well, they must be jealous of you. And that was just Karen's way of projecting her own jealousy, you know, 
blaming other girls for being jealous of Missy when really she was the one who spread the rumor. And she would just lie and say, you know, no, it wasn't me. And Missy trusted Karen because they were best friends since eight years old. So Missy could chew up a boyfriend and, and spit him out and have another one, you know, the next week because she got a lot of attention from boys. So first she dated some guy named Victor in, I think, her other high school. She might have dated both these boys in her other high school, but there was a Victor and a Randy whom were her ex-boyfriends. For whatever reason, Missy ended up breaking up with them. And these boys were still pretty much head over heels for Missy. But both these guys end up dating Missy's best friends. Randy ends up dating Karen and getting her pregnant. Victor ends up dating Laura and they both still have mega crushes on Missy. And their girlfriends knew it. You know how young teenagers are. They're very lustful. And a lot of times there's a lot of jealousy, especially when they see like, oh, now my boyfriend's checking out my friend. So at first it was Karen, you know. She didn't trust Missy around Randy. She saw the looks that he was always, like, gazing at her. And she just knew that he was not over Missy. So Karen stopped hanging out with Missy as much and was all about Randy. Just dropped her like a hat. You know, okay, I'm done. Even though she was keeping everyone away from Missy to have her all to herself, and now that she had a boyfriend who was checking her out, she didn't want anything to do with her. And it's her ex, by the way, her ex-boyfriend, which, like, that's Missy's sloppy seconds. So for anyone to be like, how dare you, like, be, like, around my boyfriend because he's checking you out, it's just the whole thing's ridiculous. And so... At first, Laura was okay with Missy, but she too got the vibes that her boyfriend liked her, so she was jealous as well and kind of stopped hanging out with Missy as much too. So after a while, Karen does allow Missy to hang out with her and Randy. I guess they're kind of drinking maybe a little bit, you know, it's no secret that Karen and Missy and Laura would drink, you know, party like, I want to say like the majority of teenagers. So they would drink and smoke some weed. As far as I know, that's all they did. I'm not sure about any other rec recreational drugs, but, you know, for sure they dabbled in weed, you know, so they're all hanging out, probably drinking, smoking, I don't know. I'm pretty sure at this point, Karen and Randy got their own place, and Karen may have even been pregnant at this time, so yes, Karen got 
pregnant by Randy. And this could have been, this was like probably the really early stages. So I'm not sure if she knew or not yet, but from my recollection of this case, they were at Karen and Randy's place and Karen's in the other room kind of for a second, going to the kitchen and Randy is sitting on the couch and kind of pulls Missy onto his lap as Missy's walking by or something and Karen just walks in as Missy is on his lap and Missy gets up and tries to explain but Karen is just getting angry and kicks Missy out. So Missy leaves the young couple's apartment. Shortly after, Karen and Missy are hanging out at some public park and I guess they get into an argument again about Randy and it gets to the point where Karen picks up like a broken beer bottle and threatens to hit Missy with it but instead just kind of hits her with her bare hands, you know. It got a little bit physical. So Missy stopped talking to her at this point. Now, a little while before this incident, Laura's boyfriend, Victor, broke up with Laura because Laura was constantly jealous of you know, she would just be like, I know you like Missy, and just wouldn't stop going off about how he had feelings for Missy, and she knew it, apparently. So he was like, oh, like, no, I'm done with this situation. So for whatever reason, there's this incident where Victor and Missy are just talking in Victor's car, and Victor's, like, telling Missy why they broke up because she would, Laura would always accuse Victor of having feelings for Missy. And then he said something to the effect of, you know, she might be right and try to lean in for a kiss. Or maybe they were kissing. And Laura pulls up out of nowhere the crazy biatch pulled up behind Victor's car and, like, starts beeping her horn. And then Missy's like, go out and talk to her, like, calm her down, tell her what is the actual situation. So Victor gets out and goes to talk to Laura and explains, like, they're just talking, they're just friends, because even though he broke up with her, she's still acting like, He's her property, you know what I mean? Like, crazy biatch vibes. And she's just acting like they're... I guess it's like a fresh breakup. And Laura's acting like that's still her man. So, she's freaking out at him even though... Like, he, he literally broke up with her. So, I don't get the whole... Why he's feeling the need to go explain things to her. I don't get it. But this is teenagers for you. Both Karen and Laura started hanging out more and not inviting Missy along. And their topics would get more and more about how they hated Missy. In fact, when Laura drove off that day after talking to Victor, she muttered, like, I'm going to kill you. 
and she was looking at Missy. And Victor did not tell Missy, but yeah, she definitely said that she was going to kill her. Well, I say definitely, but like, I wasn't there, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't 100% know. This is just what I've heard. So there was one occasion where Karen went to Missy's mom and explained to her that she was like a slut pretty much. She's like, your daughter just tries to steal people's boyfriends and she's kissing on this guy and that guy. And Missy's mom told her to get out. She didn't understand how Missy's best friend could talk about her that way. But Karen's had a history of being jealous of Missy and pretty much anyone who was dialed in could pick up on this. So Missy's mom had just thought it was just one of Karen's jealous episodes. Didn't think much of it. But it did upset her. Of course she doesn't want to hear someone talk about her daughter that way. Like, get out of my house, biatch. So the three best friends had a hangout spot kind of like up in this mountain area where they lived. I believe it's called Camp Colby or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so there's also like a creek up there. I want to say up there because it's described as a mountain area in the podcast I listened to about this case, um, Crimes of Passion, or is it female, female, female criminals? It could be either one. Um, <laughs> hang on, I will check for you. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so female criminals. Um, it's the Karen Severson case. Because they like to go by, like, the killer's name. Not to give it away. Oh, spoiler alert. Shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So if you're interested in listening to that, they give a lot of great details. I'm just kind of chit-chatting to you guys about it off the top of my head. It's, like, chit-chat crime. I, I sometimes get more factual, but with this case, I wanted to just kind of just talk more with you guys as friends not as like factual case explainer person but if you're interested there's definitely a more detailed um version of this case on female criminals but yeah let's just get back into it so karen had this cousin or something. I think they're cousins, but I'm not sure. Well, I'll just say friend. She had a girl, Eva, staying with her and Eva's boyfriend, and they were all, like, about the same age. And at this point, I believe that Randy was kicked out of Karen's apartment. She was just oh, done with him after she saw, like, him with Missy on his lap. When Missy left, like, she did slap him across the face and told him to leave. And at this point, she was pregnant with Randy's child, but she also was separated from Randy. But a part of her wanted to get back with him and have a happy family. She didn't want to raise a kid on her own, and she didn't want to 
have her parents raise her second child. So, in her mind, in her eyes, Missy was standing in the way of her happiness with Randy. Like, are you kidding me? Ugh, so, that just pisses me off. Like, if a guy's looking at another woman, and you know it, and you know that he likes her better than you, or another girl, like, he's not the one. He is just not. And it sucks that she was pregnant with his kid already. Uh, it just, I think that added to a lot of it, her hormones and... You know, pregnant women sometimes get very emotional, and she was probably emotional about not having Randy because she was jealous of her best friend, and that's why you shouldn't date your best friend's ex, because there's always going to be that history between them. So after Karen and Missy's fight at that public park where people saw that Karen hit Missy. Missy was staying away from her, right? So Karen and Laura hatched up a plan that Laura would be the nice, nice friend and hang out with Missy and like act like Karen wasn't going to be around. So it's October 2nd, 1985. And Laura picks up Missy from her house. And Laura is also, at this point, pretty much part of Missy's family. Missy's mom welcomed Laura in with open arms, just as she did with Karen. And Laura's home life was more rough than Karen's and Missy's, because I guess her parents were substance abusers, so... She was neglected a lot, I suppose. And Missy's mom was just always there and nice and sweet, so the girls loved going to Missy's house, which makes this case so much more shocking how close these girls were with Missy's family, her mom, her three brothers. So Missy tells her mom October 2nd, 1985, like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with Laura at our usual, like, hangout spot that, I don't know, that place up in the mountains. So, yeah, her mom's cool with this. She knows Laura. She trusts them, like the girls. So, yeah, she says, okay. And I think, um, yeah, Missy had a curfew so she was expecting her daughter home at like 10, 11 o'clock. A 10 or 11, I think it was 11. So 11 p.m. was Missy's curfew, to the best of my recollection. <laughs> so Laura picked her up and then drove to a park where Karen just happened to be there with Eva, the girl that was living with her. She convinced Eva to come along, I guess, more backup. Later on, in an interview I seen with Karen, she says that all three of the girls were jealous of Missy, but, um, yeah, I don't know. So, Karen gets out of her car, 
and Laura gets out of her car and they're pretending to have an argument and Missy's just still sitting in Laura's car and Eva is still in Karen's vehicle and they have this little pretend argument and Laura hops back in the vehicle and drives quite fast towards the mountain hangout spot. Laura puts on this facade that she just got into a fight with Karen and she's acting like she's pissed off, you know, talking shit about her. Like that bitch, blah, 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 this, that. So they get to the mountain and that's when Missy looks behind to see that there's another car pulling up. And Karen gets out and Laura and her kind of like, they team her right there. They're just like, get out right now. They start yelling at her. So Missy gets out. She doesn't really know what's going on. She tries talking to the girls, like explaining, like, you know, I think they start yelling at her about their boyfriends and she's like, I don't like them. They're like, we're going to teach you a lesson. So they're making her walk up this path, up this hill, uh, mountain area towards this creek which they're all familiar with. They all go there to hang out. And Eva at this point is also following along. And she just wants to be there for the show. Or she didn't really apparently know what was about to happen or what's really going on. She was just tagging along. Missy at some point sits on a rock and says, no, like, I'm not going to go any further with you bitches. Like, fuck off. <laughs> she probably doesn't say that, but, you know, she's like, no, I'm not going up any further. At this point, this annoys Karen, and I I think they get physical pretty quick after this, um... Laura kind of grabs Missy and one of them pulls, I think it was Karen who had some kind of a wrap, um, you know, like those little things that people tie around, like a bandana. She had like a bandana and she tied Missy's hands up with it and then she had like a, a knife. It wasn't like scissors. She had a knife of some sort and started hacking off her best friend's hair. Her long brown, beautiful hair that they were, you know, jealous of. Apparently it gave her some extra beauty, you know. So they that was the first thing they did. They hacked off her hair like, haha, you getting a haircut, biatch. Missy was crying. She's like, please stop. I like she didn't want her hair getting hacked off by these bitches. She was very upset and she couldn't understand. Like she, like she was tricked to going up there. She thought she was going to hang out with one of her good friends. And look, now her good friend was holding her down kind of thing while or just, like, holding her in place while Karen hacked off her hair. Things are getting really ugly, you know, and Eva gets this 
awful feeling. You know, she sees Missy get slapped across the face or something, and she just starts walking back down to the cars. She doesn't want to see anymore. She doesn't want to be a part of the the bullying. She doesn't want to see it. She doesn't want to be a part of it. So I guess good for her for that. If it wasn't for Karen inviting Eva, I really don't know where this case would have gone. So Eva gets down there to the back to the cars, realizes that they're both locked up. So instead of waiting with the cars, she's going to go back up the hill and try to ask for a set of keys to wait for them. You know, she wanted to get the keys to unlock the vehicle. So she goes back to ask her friends, but on her way there, you know, she's about to go ask Karen, hey, can I just, like, go sit in the car while you guys do whatever you're doing? But she hears a scream, like, bloody murder scream, and then it kind of was like a bunch of shuffling about you know, it just didn't sound right. It sounded really scary to her. She didn't know what was happening, and she didn't want to know, so she ran back down the hill. There's a couple different theories of this, of Missy's murder, but um, I will tell you the killer's version first. I don't have Laura's, you know, take on it, but Karen Severson claims that Laura had got Missy and grabbed her and kind of threw her to the ground because the water is only eight inches, so she's just kind of on top of her holding her head underwater. But um, Karen claims that she walked away. She just let Laura do it, or she turned away. And she, I think she just claims that was it at that point. She just walked away. But there's, like, definitely other theories that Karen helped Laura hold Missy down. And they were both holding her down until she stopped moving and, like, drowned to death, you know? And after Missy stopped and was just laying there face down in the water, they had the gross idea to find a big log and put it on top of Missy's body. This log was about 100 pounds or 110 pounds, and they... It was four feet long, 100 pounds or something like that. So both the girls dragged it over and put it on Missy. So that way, if she did wake up somehow, she wouldn't be able to get up because Missy was only about 90 to 100 pounds. This log would be really heavy, you know. Not to mention it's probably squishing her airway if it's sitting on top of her like that. Weighing down on her lungs, I'm sure. So Karen 
claims like she walked away. So I guess in her events, it would have been Laura moving the log all by herself, which I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I think they both probably moved the log. In my opinion, that just seems like a lot for one girl to kind of come up with and just do. Um, especially after the next part I'm, I'm about to tell you. Because I guess for some reason, even though Eva came with like Laura, or sorry, Eva came there with Karen to this mountain hangout place, but she left with Laura for whatever reason. Um, both the girls sped off as fast as they could. And Eva was with Laura on the way back. So she explains how Laura acted on the drive. At first, Laura was like laughing and then crying. And then she finally like tells Eva what happened. She's like, we killed Missy. And then she like stops the vehicle. And she's like, wait what if she's still alive? Maybe, maybe she's still alive. Like at this point, she's asking Eva, like, you think we should go back? Should I check? Like, maybe I could, like, now she's having second thoughts. She's thinking, maybe I should go back and save her, right? And Eva's like, no, it's too late. And I'm, I'm sure she regrets saying that, like they definitely should have tried to do something. Shouldn't have happened at all, Laura, but shit, yeah, you should go back and try to help now. Jeez, okay, anyways. So when this first happened, um, Laura, you know, when she got home, she phoned Missy's mom and is like, hey, is Missy there? <laughs> Right. What a sicko. I just, I can't. And the mom is like, you know, no, I thought she was with you. She said she was going out with you, Laura. Like, what are you talking about? And Laura's like, well, we drove to this park and Missy noticed like some guys that she knew, but I didn't know. So she was talking to them and I'm like, hey, Missy, I'm just going to go grab some gas real quick. And so Missy's just talking to these guys and like, I think they said a blue Camaro. I don't know. So a blue vehicle. And um, yeah, so she just went to get some gas and then she was going to be right back. She told Missy. But when she got back, Missy was gone. And so Laura last seen her with those three guys in a blue Camaro. Everyone just assumed Laura was telling the truth, and um, that's what they tried to find, you know? Because the next day, like, the police were searching, everyone was involved at that point, you know? And, yeah, because Missy's mom is like, she's going to come back. And she just thought, like, her daughter would come back the next day like maybe she went to hang out with some friends so like two days later missy's body was discovered in the creek 
and Missy's mom was devastated. Everyone was super sad. Karen was acting like she was really sad and was... Well, maybe she was really sad, but she she was the one who did it, so that doesn't matter, really. Um, so she was really inserting herself in Missy's family's lives. At that point, she was always over there comforting them, uh, just being part of the family. Laura, at that point, kept her distance. Even though she was also close with the family, she couldn't bear to just go hang out with the family of the daughter, you know, she murdered. Um, so she couldn't stomach it the way Karen could. And she kind of fell into more drug use and um, more alcohol probably as well. They both attended Missy's funeral but, yeah, Laura just sent... Well, I think one source said that Laura didn't attend the funeral. But most say that Karen and Laura attended the funerals. But Laura had also sent a sympathy card to the family. And that was pretty much it for Laura's involvement after the fact. And Karen was always there. Some sources say she moved in with her little three-year-old daughter or however old she was at some point um karen claims she did not move in with them karen tried to have randy murdered for missy's death she knew he was innocent it was the father of the child she was carrying and yet she wanted him to die and he almost did die a couple times i think one time they beat his ass but he survived like he was tricked to go to some party and this is after everyone was accusing him of being the murderer like the kids that all knew missy around her age because karen had spread this rumor and he went to the party and he was just beat by Victor, who also had feelings for Missy still. Remember, this is Missy's other ex who was dating Laura. So he got a real bad beating from Victor, like right in the driveway. And they literally, I think, thought they killed him. Because when Karen's walking in the house, she's like, now you're dead or something like that. So, But Randy does wake up. I think he calls for help and some people end up helping him and drive him to the hospital and then there was like a stakeout at his house where victor and some other guy was supposed to kill him but the other guy convinced victor like not to shoot him the second time the first time they went there randy wasn't there the second time they couldn't do it so she was trying to actually have someone else killed which is very concerning as well like she was just trying to kill a bunch of people you know first her best friend now her ex-boyfriend so when his murder didn't work out karen terminated the pregnancy and killed you know she didn't want to have randy's kid it wasn't until 1988 in july when eve's brother you know passed well you don't know but her brother passed away or maybe you do <laughs> her brother passed away and this brought back like all these feelings of like missy 
and what Missy's family must be feeling. And she wanted them to have that closure because now she really knew what it was like to, to lose a family member. And it's really sad that she lost her brother. But that's what it took for her to go to the police. It's crazy. So Eva goes to the police and tells them everything, you know, what she kind of witnessed and what Laura told her in the car. She knew that who was responsible, Karen and Laura. And the woman detective who was investigating this case from the beginning, who was there at the scene and discovered the body and the hacked up hair, she had a feeling it was done by females. And she was surprised how she missed the signs and how she just, you know, nobody zoomed in on these best friends. They both acted super concerned. The only red flag was when Laura suddenly changed her story years later and said that Missy actually went to a church to meet up with a drug dealer um, instead of the park with some guys she knew. And she claimed that she didn't want her mom to know that she was like a drug dealer and it was just all a lie so that was just irrelevant anyways pretty much so my time is almost up here but i'm gonna make another quick video um right away so that'll be up on my podcast as well immediately when you're listening to this and it'll be some interviews with the killer the late the woman who murdered missy her best friend karen severson i i just want to hear you guys i mean i just want you guys to hear her discuss um like her side of it all just because i think it would be an interesting um thing to listen to so i'm gonna have a short video right after this with that so both women ended up spending over 20 years in prison and they're both like pretty old by now what are they in their 40s maybe early 50s by now so i mean they're both released i think karen was doing a telemarketing job but she's also trying to get involved with like she tried to write a book but um she she did write a book i think but or was involved with an author writing a book about her and this case. However, she is not allowed to receive any money from that. Like, they made a Missy's Law where a killer can't profit off a victim's death by telling their story. So that's... I, I'm glad they have that law now. Karen is pretty much an advocate for, like, non-bullying now. She, she talks, because she was a bully, and she, she talks about how a lot of young kids get killed, and there's just so much bullying in the schools, so she is trying to do more positive things with her life now. Laura is... I couldn't find out too much about her. Nobody really talks too much about the aftermath with Laura. She tries to stay on the DL as much as possible. So yeah, there'll be some interviews up with Karen Severson. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the way I told this story. If not, my apologies. Hopefully you enjoy the next